Good morning and welcome to the Mental Health Worship of the NCSA. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning. Let us close our eyes for a word of prayer before we start. Heavenly Father, as we are facing many trials and tribulations in this world and there's a lot of uncertainty around us, Lord, the one thing that we would like to be certain of, Lord, is who you are and who we are. Lord, what our relationship with you is and and who we are in you. And Christ, we pray this morning that we will emulate who you are, that our characters will grow more and more to be like you. Lord, that we will be your children truly as the Bible says. And, And Father, as uncertainty grows, Lord, that this one thing will not be something that we will be uncertain about, and that is who we are in you. Bless us now, Lord, as we open your word is my prayer in your name. Amen. For our verse this morning, I'm reading for you out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, For God decided to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the title, Who Exactly Am I? Our identity is something extremely important. And the Bible tells us that God, as in advance, even before we were born, he has made us his children. That is who we are. We are children of the living God, the most high living God. And God made us his children because he wanted to and because it would give him great pleasure. Now, I want to talk to you about identity and who you are this morning. Imagine one day you woke up and you had amnesia and you couldn't remember who you are. Truth be told, many of us wake up each morning not knowing who we are. And this is a huge problem. You might not have amnesia, but we don't have a certain um, rule about our identity. We don't have a specific identity that we, we hold on to as we wake up in the mornings. You see, if we didn't know who we are, then how would we live life? You see, our purpose in life is very closely tied to our identity, and Satan knows this. So he attacks us. He makes us doubt who we are and wander around in life aimlessly because of this lack of identity that we struggle with from day to day. Just existing and not really living, not really fulfilling our full potential and our purpose in life. You see, if a soldier forgets that he is a soldier, he is of very little use to the army. And Satan knows that if God's children forgets that they are God's children, they are of very little use to God's cause and to God's army. During this time of loss and COVID-19 that we are going through and changes that are taking place, basically the carpet has been pulled from underneath us. Each of us um, should more than ever be sure who we are. God says he has predestined us to be his children. Even before we chose him, he chose us. Even before we were born, God planned that we should be his children. Um, The Bible tells us that by being God's children, we are royalty. You see, not the earthly kind like Prince Charles or William or Princess Kate, the genuine real kind, a child of the only true God of the universe. And if we were to believe this today, if you truly believe that you were a child of God, a child of the universe, uh, of the universal God, we would live life completely differently from how we are living it at the moment. And this is why Satan really wants us to be in an identity crisis. And I bet you that you have asked this question somewhere in life. Who exactly am I? It's the one question that's been asked throughout the ages. As a matter of fact, it's the first question that got us into trouble. And the first person who asked this question was Satan up in heaven. 
he asked the question, and I'm paraphrasing, who exactly am I? And he didn't quite like the answer that was given him. You see, we knew that he was a covering cherubim. He was basically first in command in heaven apart from Jesus. Let's call it second in command. He was in command of the angels, the heavenly host. But that was not enough for him. And he didn't like the answer to the question, who am I? And he went and he sought more. You see, he wanted to be in the place of Jesus. He wanted to be something that God did not make him to be. Another problem that came to our earth because of this question, who am I, is evolution. Evolution came about because of the question, who am I? And the answer has left us dumbfounded. The answer was, we came from monkeys. And I don't know about you, but that is not a very satisfactory answer to me about who I am. Books have been written upon the topic. Famous sayings have been wrote, written about who am I. Um, we even have something called a midlife crisis that came about because of the question, who am I? An identity crisis, if you may. You see, we often search for something or someone to tie our identity to. Um, the country has made us into a number. Our identity documents or our IDs in our student numbers tell us who we are. I am um, just brought down to a mere number. Um, we search for our identity. Um, we really do want to know who we are. We start filling in personality tests and temperament tests and Facebook tests that tell us I am a hippie or I am a, a wild child or I am a, a free spirit. You know, we, we're constantly trying to discover who we are. We, we fill in when we are in high school career tests, you know, that tell us who we need to become and what our career must be. I need to become a pilot, a doctor. I need to become a scientist or, or something different. And, and there's even Christian songs by Casting Crowns that says, who am I? Everybody within this universe, within this world, is searching to know who they are. So how, why do we ask this question, who am I? An article in Psychology Today tells us that it is a sense of inadequacy that often informs the question around who am I. In other words, basically, we ask the question who am I because we feel that we are not enough. We feel that we are inadequate. And this leaves us wanting more and wanting something better. And, and this exactly is what happened to Satan. He wasn't happy and satisfied with what he had and therefore he went looking for more. He coveted. There's, a, there's another author um, of psychology, Viktor Frankl, that wrote a book, Man's Search for Meaning and Reason. And in this book, he writes and he says that there are basically three premises that we as humans tie our identity to. He says we, we, we tie our identity to I am what I do. In other words, your occupation or your job or your abilities. The second one, as he says, we believe that I am what I have, our possessions, our wealth, our money. And then the third one is I am what people say about me, your status in society and people's opinions about you. So I am what I do, I am what I have, and I am what people say about me. And these three premises often inform us who we are. But unfortunately, these three premises are inadequate and a very unstable way to define your identity. Because you see, what happens when you lose these three things? When you lose your job, when you lose your positions, when you lose your status or people's opinions about you change. Who are you left with then? If your identity is tied to these three premises, if you lose them, you will also fall apart. With COVID-19's lockdown and businesses losing um, financial income, the economy falling, we are each of us in danger of these three premises being shaken. 
Um, some of us already face some of these losses, a loss of job because you've been retrenched or a loss of relationships, possibly because of, you know, social distancing and the lockdown. Uh, my bank account has run dry. You know, I'm starting to have to think about selling some of my property and some of the things that I own in order to survive, in order to have food to put on the table. And, and when we start losing these three things, if we have tied our identity to them, we will soon be left without an identity and without a purpose in life because our purpose in life is very tightly tied to our identity. So you are not these three things. It is a lie. That is not who you are. You are so much more than these things, um, than your job, than your possessions, and then people's opinions. God says our identity lies in Jesus Christ, who we are in relation to him and who we are in relation to him. Ephesians um, 1 verse 5 says, we are his children. We are his family. You see, Satan was dissatisfied with who he was. And ever since then, he's been attempting to lead others into this very similar dissatisfaction. Satan seeks to sow dissatisfaction in our hearts and amongst those who have been created by God. His first victims were the other angels in heaven. And a third of the angels fell with him because he was able to create this identity crisis in them, this dissatisfaction of who God made them to be. And he brought that dissatisfaction down here to earth. And the very first victim that he tempted was Eve. You see, he brought this dissatisfaction to Eve in the form of an identity crisis. Let me give you an example. In the book of Genesis, it tells us that he meets Eve at the, the, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, the only place that he could tempt us, um, could tempt her. And when he meets her, he meets her in the form of a serpent and he starts to talk to her. And this is what he says to her. He says, is it true that God said you're not allowed to eat of any of the trees in the garden? And she answers him. She says, no, we can eat of all the trees except this one here, because if we do, we will die. And Satan tells her, you will not surely die. But God knows that when you eat of the fruit of this tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. He places another option before her. You think you are just Eve, but you can be so much more than just Eve. You can be like God. And she desires to be more. She wants to have a higher position. So she takes of the fruit and she eats it. And we know what happened after that. A lot of trouble that this world is in because of that action that she took that day. But you see, the kicker is, is that although Satan was mixing truth with error, he was telling her half lies and half truth. Uh, she was already like God because Genesis 1 verse 26 says that God created man in his own likeness. In his own image, he made them male and female. You see, she was chasing something that she already had. Uh, certain elements of of being like God, God hid from us, like knowing sin, knowing good and evil. And, and God knew that it was better for us not to have these attributes. But Eve went and ate and now we are plunged into misery and into death and into sin. You see, Satan knew if he could make us doubt our identity, he could also derail our mission in life. He could derail us from, from seeking out that true purpose that God created us for. There's an interesting um, thing that was once um, um, spoken about, and they, they, they experimented a little bit with the idea of if you were to take somebody who had amnesia, let's say, for example, a computer geek, and 
let's say this computer geek was involved in a car accident and when he woke up and he can't remember anything about himself they 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 played with the idea of telling this computer geek that he was a navy seal and they came to the conclusion that if they were to do this this man who with no prior training in terms of being a navy seal if he woke up with amnesia and was told that he was a navy seal would start acting and living like a navy seal you see satan knows this principle this principle that if we truly believed in our heart who we were if we tied our identity to something worthwhile we would live according to that belief and satan knows this and he wants us not to act like children of god so he pre- tries to create an identity crisis in us to help us believe that we are not children of god he spreads the identity crisis and you see he he's a very arrogant being he didn't just stop with eve he went further into jesus himself you see before jesus came to this earth he gave prophecies to to the prophets about the messiah to his servants who wrote them down in the bible as we know them today and now as jesus came down to this earth as a young human as a young child he studied the bible at the feet of his mother and the holy spirit brought to his mind and showed him through these prophecies who he was and the great work that he was going to do it on this earth At the age of 12 it seems that he was fully submerged into his mission and into his identity by reading the word of God for when his parents lose him um and they find him in the temple in Jerusalem teaching his Mary he says to his mother Mary when she was frantically looking for him why were you looking for me did you not know that i was about my father's work I believe that Jesus even at a young age because he studied the scriptures and understood his mission through the scriptures could declare to his mother that he was the son of God and that he was about his father's work preaching the gospel. At the age of around about 30 to 33 the Bible tells us that he stands up in the temple to read out of the scrolls of Isaiah a scroll and a prophecy regarding the Messiah and as he sits down he declares to those in the gathering he says today this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing today i am the one that this prophecy speaks about you see i don't think Jesus had any doubt about who he was but if there were any doubt as he goes to the jordan river at the end of his his or at the beginning of his his um earthly mission it says in matthew 3 verse 16 he goes to be baptized by john the baptist and it says as jesus was baptized immediately he came up out of the water and behold the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove coming to rest on him and behold a voice was heard from heaven saying This is his identity. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, I believe that Jesus was very secure in his identity. And the way that he became secure in his identity is by reading the word of God, by studying the prophecies that spoke about him and who he needed to be and what he needed to be. In our lives today, the Bible also speaks about who God made us to be. We are children of the most high God, and it also speaks about our mission as the children of God and how we need to live and how we need to act. We need to be very sure in our identity. I believe that Jesus was sure in his identity. But you see Satan didn't care. <laughs> he still wanted to cause an identity crisis not only in Eve, not only in the angels in heaven, but in Jesus Christ himself. After Jesus came up out of the water, the Bible tells us that he was led away by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And Matthew chapter 4 verse 3 tells us that the tempter comes with him to him with three identity crises. He says, 
If you are the son of God. He wants Jesus to doubt his identity. He says, command these stones to become loaves of bread. In other words, what exactly is Satan telling Jesus? He's bringing these three premises into his life. He's telling Jesus, Jesus, unless you can do something to prove to me who you are, then I won't believe it. In other words, do a miracle. Turn these stones into bread. You are what you do, so prove it to me. But Jesus doesn't give in to this temptation of you are what you do. He says it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus says my identity is in the word of God. He comes with a second temptation in chapter 4 verse 6 and he says, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from this temple. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. For on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. In other words, what is Satan saying? Satan is saying, let's see if you are truly God. Because there's a prophecy that says that the angels will stop you from hitting your foot. And let's see, throw yourself down. Let's see if the angels agree that you are the son of God and catch you just in time before you hurt yourself. In other words, you are what people say about you. If the angels say you are God and they stop you from falling, then I will believe you are God. You are what people say. And Jesus says, I'm not going to be led into this temptation of you are what people say. He says, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. Jesus says, I know who I am. I am the Lord your God. Do not test me. Then Matthew 4 verse 9, Satan comes with a, a third temptation and he says, he takes him up onto a high mountain and shows them all the kingdoms of the world. And he says to them, all of these things I shall give you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus says, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you will worship the Lord your God and you will serve him only. Satan says to Jesus, only if you are the king of this earth, if you own all of these lands, all of these people, then you are truly God. And Jesus says to him, I know who I am. Go away from me. You must serve the Lord your God and bow down and worship him only. Satan tempts Jesus with the three premises. You are what you do. You are what people say and you are what you have. But you see, Jesus never doubted his identity. He knew he was so much more than these three things, his wealth and people's opinions. Because if you look at his earthly, earthly life as a human, you see, Jesus didn't have a, a very amazing um, job. He was a carpenter, the Bible teaches us. You see, and he also didn't have wealth because he said to those who wanted to follow him, foxes have holes and the birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He wasn't rich. And, you know, people didn't always have good things to say about him because they said when they heard that he came from Nazareth can anything good come from Nazareth Jesus had every opportunity to break down because these three premises were not always present in his life but he did not break down because he knew that his identity lay in the word of God he knew his identity lay in that which God said about him and not what people said about him he was convinced of his God-given identity because of what the Bible said. He stood on the promises of the word and lived his life and mission according to what the word told him about himself. So what about you today? What about our, our identity? Where does your identity lie today? 
I'd like to encourage you with some of the verses from the Bible about what exactly God says about us. We started off with one very important verse, Ephesians 1 verse 5, which says we've been adopted to be children of the living God. And I hope and believe that after today you will tie your identity to these verses as Jesus tied his identity to the verses that God said about him. Colossians 2 verse 9 says that in us lies the fullness of Christ. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says we are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. Genesis 1 verse 27 says that you are created in the image of God. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says that God formed you in your mother's womb and that he has a specific purpose for you. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, God says you are the body of Christ. You are one with him, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. You are no longer slaves to sin, Romans 6 verse 6. You are the branches and he is the vine and if we stay in him, we will bear much fruit, John 15. 15 verse 5. We are vessels for the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. We are joint heirs with Christ, Romans 8 verse 17. We are more than conquerors, says Romans 8 verse 37. And we are partakers of his divine nature, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 4. Philippians 4 verse 13 says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says that we are a new creation in Christ. We are the light of the world, Matthew 5 verse 14. We are the salt of the earth. It's extremely interesting that the Bible calls us the salt of the earth. Because if you think about it, when you cook food and you do not put salt in it, it it, it basically makes the food very bland. God is saying today about you, he is saying that when you are the salt of the earth, it is like when you add salt to food. Salt, a little bit of salt, when you add it to maybe porridge, makes that porridge come to life. It makes it taste so much better than what it did before. God is saying you are the salt of the earth. You are that little something that when you are added into the earth, you give the earth flavor. You make the earth taste good. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says that we are his righteousness. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says that we are the power of Christ. John 15 verse 15 says he calls us his friends. Philippians 3 verse 20, he calls us citizens of heaven. Psalms 139 verse 14, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Children of the light, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 5. We are ambassadors for Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. We are God's chosen ones, Colossians 3 verse 12. Romans 8 verse 17 says that we are heirs with him. Um, Acts chapter 1 verse 18 says that we are his witnesses. He says, we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 says that we are living stones that are being built into his spiritual house. Um, we, are, we have his redemption, says Ephesians 1 verse 7 to 8. We are fellow workers together with God, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. We are saints together um, in all places for all purposes, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. We are sojourners on an exile, 1 Peter 2 verse 11. God says we are his soldiers, Ephesians 6 verse 11. 
And then the last verse that I want to end off is one of the most beautiful verses that I enjoy a lot. It says, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15, For we are the aroma of Christ to God amongst those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. You see, all of these verses are talking about what God's opinion is about us. God is saying in his word who he created us to be, what our identity is. And we need to start believing it. We need to start living it. Because if we believe it, if we tie our identity to these verses, our lives will be transformed. We will live so much differently. God says we are that which makes the earth taste good. We are those who make the earth smell good. We are that aroma, that, that, that sweet-smelling smell amongst those who are being saved. Do you today believe it? If not, take these verses, tie it upon your arm, write it on your doorpost, post it everywhere you go, recite it, repeat it until you believe it so that your life will be transformed. So that you like that man who was told that he was a marine when he woke up out of amnesia, that, that you will also perhaps today declare that you have amnesia and that all the beliefs that you had regarding yourself in the past is no longer true. That you will believe today all these things that God declares about you, that you are a child of God, a righteous child of God that no longer falls to sin, an ambassador for God, a citizen of heaven, a royal priesthood, um, that you are joint heirs with God and more than conquerors with his divine nature, a new creation, a light, a salt, a aroma to the world, and that you will live your life accordingly, and that Satan will no longer derail you from your purpose that God has created you to be. My prayer for you this morning is, is that God's word will give you that identity, that identity that you already are, but that you will start believing it. And that who you exactly are is not determined by, by sin and by this world, but by what God has made you to be. May God bless you. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word YES to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.